It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on in to the Locked On Syracuse podcast. Tyler Rocky and Tim Leonard, the last full week of February in the books after this one. How about it, Tim? I mean, That's the month wild. they're flying now. <laughs> and you know what that means. That means up next is our favorite month of the year. It is March. It is right around the corner. NIT, we can't baby. Wait. Let's go. NIT is, is, is knocking, <laughs> but there are some stipulations and some stuff that we will get to later on in the show, just how important this Georgia Tech game is. But first, check us out wherever you get your podcast. Hit that subscribe button right now if you are new to the show. And if you're not, we appreciate you sticking with us through all of this basketball season. And we hope to see you once again once we get to the summer because you and I were talking before the show. We've got a ton of awesome content lined up for the summer, whether it's interviews, all that stuff. So we're looking forward to all of that. Also find us on Twitter at LO underscore Syracuse. All right. So this Georgia Tech team that the Orange has on the docket, they are an up-and-down team. They've got some very interesting wins and also some very kind of perplexing losses as well. I mean, you think back to what they did at the beginning of the year, and Yellow Jacket fans definitely slammed that panic button. A four-overtime loss to Georgia State to open up the season. That was followed up by a loss to Mercer. Then... They've come out and pretty much have not had a bad loss since. Their losses in the ACC are Florida State, Virginia, Duke, Louisville, Virginia again. Both those Virginia games, though, very close. And then Clemson. So really have not had the bad loss in conference play. And this is a a Georgia Tech team. The offense is pretty good. You don't usually think of Georgia Tech as some sort of offensive juggernaut. They're 20th in the country right now. In offensive efficiency per Ken Palm. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. I was doing some numbers, and you're right. Like, I've never seen Georgia Tech near that 20 mark. So then I looked back in the four years preceding this. So since they've been under Josh Pastner, he's now in year five with them, has not made it to the NCAA tournament. Of course, they had a postseason ban. I think it was last year was their postseason ban year, if I'm Mm -hmm. remembering correctly. So they did not participate in the ACC tournament, even though – that ended up helping Syracuse because they bumped up a slot. That's right. Yeah. It ended up mattering. Yeah. So they haven't made the NCAA tournament in 10 years, which is pretty wild. And it's actually, when you Jeez. really look into the Georgia Tech program, they've been above 500 in ACC play just twice in the past 24 years, which is amazing. And one of those was last year. So it's been pretty dire. But the numbers on offense in the four years under Josh Pastner before this year, They've had a good defense, but their offense has been between 171 and 259 on Ken Palm all four of those years. So bad offense all four years going into this. And also, they've been very sloppy with the basketball under Josh Pastner until this year. They were between 238 and 345 on Ken Palm in the four years before this in turnover percentage on Ken Palm. Right now, 24th in the country in turnover percentage. So this is not your typical Georgia Tech team. They're doing it with the offense. They're taking care of the basketball, and they have a decent defense, 58th in the country, but really it's more of an offensive-minded club, which is a little bit odd for them. And the backcourt. I think you got to start with the backcourt when you break down this Georgia Tech team because it's just a veteran group. You look at Michael DeVoe and Jose Alvarado and 
Bubba Parham. I mean, you got senior, junior, senior right there. And you look at this team, a very veteran group. They're fourth in experience in the entire country, 10th in minutes continuity. So they bring back pretty much everyone from a a season ago. And they're the ones spearheading this charge. And I love, love, love what Jose Alvarado does for Georgia Tech. I mean, talk about a steadying force. And he probably does not get enough credit for how much he brings to the table to his basketball team. I think when you look, especially in the ACC, the guys who are undervalued in the ACC, there's number one, Isaiah Wong, and what he does for Miami. And number two is Jose Alvarado. Those two guys are the bloodline of what this team does. Alvarado plays about 90% of the minutes, so you're not going to see him take much time off in this Syracuse game, barring some sort of blowout. But he is a big reason why they have pulled off some of these big wins this year. I look at the Virginia Tech win that they're coming off of from earlier in the week. They have the win against Florida State, wins against Carolina. I mean, this team, and then even the early one, you can say what you want about Kentucky, but that was a big win for this Georgia Tech team at the beginning of the season. I love what Alvarado does, and he is so important to this team. And he's kind of what Syracuse fans, I think, sort of want Joe Girard to eventually be. And he just hasn't obviously lived up to that. But meanwhile, you've got Alvarado. I I think he's a stud and probably the most underrated player in the ACC. Yeah, he's been all ACC good this year, I would say. Maybe even all ACC first team when you really crunch the numbers. Everything about his game has been good. And Georgia Tech, by the numbers, pretty good this year. 33rd on Ken Palm, 38th in the net which means it would definitely be a quad one game. We already knew that. And how about this? Eight and six in the ACC. Yeah, that's one of the most important numbers you can get. Right, 12 and eight overall to this point. They've won three in a row. That Virginia Tech win, noteworthy for a couple reasons. One, it shows how good they're playing because they went on the road in Blacksburg, won at 69-53. Now, Virginia Tech was coming off a pause, so take that for whatever you want to take it for. But Mm -hmm. it's also noteworthy because it dropped VT to 51st in the net ranking. So our hopes of... That becoming a quad one game have dashed. Another note this right. week on that front, NC State beat Virginia, which was a big win for them. That improved NC State to 79th in the net ranking. So, so you're getting closer you're getting closer. And closer. You need to get to top 75, and then you would have what is one quad two win and one quad three win become a quad one and a quad two win and get your first quad one win. But this will be a quad one win for Syracuse, and Georgia Tech, by the way, is two and six against quad one opponents this year. But, hey, I mean, yeah, you look at this game. This game's not moving, all right? This is going to be a quadrant one win if you get it. But this is a quad one opportunity. And those are starting to dwindle more and more as we head down the stretch. What will North Carolina end up being? I don't know. What will Clemson end up being? I don't know. And then you're at the mercy of having some success in the ACC tournament. So it's this could be it. This could be it for quad one opportunities for this Syracuse team. And you don't want to rely on other teams. You want to control what you can control. And this could be the last of those opportunities. It really could. I think one of the keys to this game for Syracuse, it's so blatantly obvious, but it's worth saying again. And I know Anthony DeBundo is going to get into this a little bit when he does DeBundo's digits soon, but it's a three-point defense for the Orange. And really their defense as a whole has, has gone down drastically in the past five or six games. And when they face good three-point shooting teams, they've gotten exposed so far this year. You look at where Georgia Tech ranks 
They shoot at 36% from deep. That's 73rd in the nation, 5th best in the ECC right now. The teams that are around them inside the top six in the conference, you got Duke, Virginia, Notre Dame. They all lit up Syracuse. Even NC State, the second time they played Syracuse, was 42% from three. Duke shot at 45% from three the other night. Game before that was Notre Dame, 39% from three. Virginia shot at— You got to remember, all of these teams shot way better in the first half, too. Yep. It's, like, it's, those right. numbers are almost watered down Yeah, because so how good they were shooting the three. It was 10 for 18 in the first half for Duke, which is outrageous. You cannot let that happen again. And I know everyone's going to be saying, well, put in Kadari, and, and, and hopefully maybe Jim will give Kadari a lot of minutes this could in this be game. it, yeah. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Shout out our guy Pat from Syracuse, who, who's all in on the Kadar. Did you see the feature on Pat? He yeah. actually he tweeted it at us, and he says we're a, a therapy corner for, for him and the rest of the Orange fans. So that was that was good to see. Shout out Pat. Great article by Chris Carlson on Syracuse.com. Um, but, yeah, we appreciate all the, the loyal listeners out there who who confide in us, if you right. will. I, I've, we, we, we can't provide the, the call-in platform. I guess we could start doing a voicemail line if we wanted to, but we we like the tweets. Yeah. The tweets are our callers, and, and we appreciate and embrace any sort of debate that comes our way through the Twitterverse. I know Pat and I have kind of butted heads a little bit over the, the Bayheim coaching job. Yeah, you want to defend done, yourself but, there? I, I mean, here's the thing is everyone always brings up, oh, well, this, this, and this, and they point out all these flaws, and, and then they, they pin it on Bayheim's coaching, but they bring up personnel flaws so i mean you kind of answer my question there you, you take my side that Beheim, it's not his fault necessarily it's the personnel now obviously personnel is something that Beheim does but when i talk about coaching i'm talking about pure x's and o's think about how many games syracuse has turned around in the second half and ended up winning this season to me that comes down to Beheim and x's and o's at the halftime yeah, see, the only thing that I disagree with you there about is the personnel's not good, but it should be NCAA tournament good this year. Like, it's still very disappointing so. yeah. what they've done. And mm-hmm. honestly, are they more talented than Clemson? Probably. Like, are they yeah. more talented than Virginia Tech, who is safely in the tournament at this point? And I know they lost the other night, and they, like I said, they dropped a 51 in the net. But there are teams that have worse personnel than Cuse that are looking very good in a down ACC. And it was there for the taking this but year. But I would also say, also on top of that, Syracuse has had more COVID irregularities than some of those teams, which is very tough to manage. It doesn't matter who your coach or what your personnel is. Tough to manage those. And then on top of that, I would also say, a lot of the personnel has not improved this year. I mean, but isn't let's, that let's on the start coaches? to finish of this year. You know? like I mean, the but I'm talking about in-game coaching. And listen, part of that is the offseason, too. I don't know how much some of these kids did during the offseason. And listen, I don't blame them. It's obviously a, a strange offseason. But it, it's one of those things where – and it's not just Beheim then. I would actually almost pin a lot more of that on the the assistant coaching. So, I don't know. Yeah, I, uh, it's I, I would say part of the reason why Pat and others maybe like disagreed is because – you're talking just specifically X's and O's in-game. I think it's important to clarify that. Because yes. when mm-hmm. you say, like, Coach Bayheim has had a good year coaching, it's easy to take that and be like, what? Like, I thought you guys projected them to be a seven seed, and they're not even on the bubble right now. How could that possibly be I the think case? the personnel has largely underwhelmed yeah. this year. 
which I do think falls back back on the coaching Mm -hmm. a little bit. Like development. The only player this year that has overachieved is Quincy. I, and Has maybe he? Alan Griffin, depending. <laughs> yeah, because of the I mean, he's, he's over been a chief bad. from a year ago. Yeah. From, from, like, lately it's been bad. I wouldn't even say bad. It, it just hasn't been up to the bar that we expected. Like, his performances that he's had lately are still better than the performances he gave last year, obviously. Um, but who's improved this year? I mean, you can, I guess, say Alan Griffin. At least same statistically, he's definitely he, improved. Yeah. Yeah, but he, he can be up and down at, at the drop of a hat. And then you've got Quincy, and I think Quincy's really the only person you can say has bona fide improved this year. Yeah, and I would say Kadari has overachieved, but he just hasn't gotten the run. Or maybe he's—I mean, we had a lot of hype for Kadari going into the year, and we had a lot of hype yeah. for Alan Griffin too. And I don't even know if he's improved really. Like, I would say he's improved Kadari. because his I, offensive I don't know how game much he has like 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 the way he played on offense in the first half against Duke. He's not doing that at the start of the year. Hey, real quick, got to tell you about the best and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. It's betonline.ag. You know, football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and hockey are all in full swing right now. And betonline.ag, they don't just have sports action. You can get it on awards, TV shows, reality TV, and they even have amazing prop bets for some of the sports. I don't know if you guys saw, but earlier in the week, during that Syracuse-Duke game, they had a prop on whether or not Jim Beheim would pick his nose. That made big headlines. You saw it being covered everywhere. Whether or not Jim Beheim picked his nose, and there was only one place to get that bet. It was betonline.ag. They've got you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets. And the best part is, it's free to sign up. So head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with our promo code Locked On. You put in 100, you're going to get 50 on the house when you use our promo code Locked On, all one word. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. All right, let's get into how much this game really means for Syracuse because... There is news now that the bubble is pretty much more important than it's ever been. You can be in that next, or that rather that first four out in the NCAA tournament. Whatever the committee deems as the first four out, those are going to be your standby teams for the NCAA tournament. Now, they can, of course, choose to reject that. I don't know why any team would choose to reject that. But if Syracuse... Listen, getting into the tournament now is going to be really tough. You obviously have to win this game. This, to me, is the must-win. You lose this one, kapush, it's over. I mean, we're we're putting the the eat the burnt horn challenge in. It's effective immediately yeah, I agree. once the horn goes, and if Syracuse loses this game, but if you can get into that, I think that should be almost the goal now. Obviously, I mean, the goal is to to win as many games as possible down the stretch, and I think you do have three winnable games. Obviously, it's not going to be easy to win them all, but all three are winnable games. The goal should be to try to slide into that next four, maybe even be that first team, because 
if college basketball has taught us anything this year, there's going to be a team that's not eligible. They're just flat out. I would have my mind blown if we saw the field of 68 that get in be the 68 teams that end up playing in this tournament. Yeah, I don't even know what to guess on that front. There's just no precedent for it, but you're probably right. It seems like given the amount of pauses we've had this year, there will be something. And it's remarkable that it doesn't really matter what your record was. You'll just take over that team's seating. So whoever's right. the first team so out. If it's Gonzaga, if it's Gonzaga that goes out, guess what? You're a one seed. I don't know if that's the best way for the NCAA to handle this, but I guess that's it's a tough spot. It's really the only way. Yeah, yeah. I don't have a better solution, but it just feels like that would really put a huge asterisk on the season if St. Bonaventure is all of a sudden the one seed or one of those teams that's in the first four out. It, it doesn't feel right, but then I say again, you just call the the entering team seventeen seeds. That's what they are. Yeah, like I don't know what the solution is, right? But it feels there like no, and at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's definitely going to be an interesting thing, and it feels like obviously if Syracuse can win a couple games, they can work their way back onto the bubble, and this year being on the outside looking in might be good enough. Yeah. So the Bart Torvik numbers on this game, which if they lose this game, I'll stop doing the Bart Torvik. What does this mean for their tournament chances? But right now, Mm -hmm. 13%, 13 13.4% to be exact on BartTorvik.com. If they win, the simulations say they would go up to a 32.5% chance of making the tourney and would be the second team out in the first four out on Bart Torvik with the win. Right now, I think they're the fourth team out in the first four out currently with that 13.4% chance. If they lose, they only drop 1% because they just go from really slim to really, really Yeah, it's slim. a quad one loss. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But, right. I mean, they need to win for sure. Right. No, this this is the must win. And you're going to have your next two games at home after this. I know, listen, if you, gave, if you told me Syracuse is winning two games the rest of the way in, in terms of the regular season, if you told me Syracuse is going to close out the year two and one, I'm probably predicting that this Georgia Tech game is going to be the one that they lose. But this is also your your last golden opportunity to get that quad one win. So anything can happen. I mean, we've seen Georgia Tech teams that are awful come to the Dome and beat Syracuse. We've seen Syracuse teams that have underperformed and go out and beat better Georgia Tech teams. Like, look at last year. Georgia Tech finished fifth in the conference. Syracuse shot the lights out against them in Atlanta and crushed them. They, like, just obliterated Yeah. So this has been a very weird, not rivalry, but a weird matchup throughout the years. And that's something that maybe you can take advantage of here. It has been a weird one. I think back to that game that was the year that they went to the NIT where there was that terrible moving screen call at the end of the game and a game that they oh, really yeah. needed to win. Uh, that one mm-hmm. still haunts me a little bit. But it, there's been some close and wonky games in this series in the past couple of years. And Debundo is going to get into this a little bit, but the name we should mention that we haven't mentioned yet is Moses Wright because of what he did to Cuse last yeah. year, what he provides on defense too as a shot blocker. When we've seen Quincy struggle against good shot blockers, he's one of the better ones, not the best in the ACC, but a decently good one. And he had 33 against Cuse last year. So that's the guy to stop. And that's the guy that really worries me about them. Yeah. Moses Wright might turn into Moses Malone this weekend. So, <laughs> We'll see. Let's get a more deep dive into the numbers here. Let's go to Anthony DeBundo in DeBundo's Digits. The numbers you need to know. 
Anthony DeBundo breaks down the biggest stats for this week's Syracuse matchup. DeBundo's digits. On the Locked On Syracuse podcast. The Yellow Jackets are the fourth best offense that Syracuse will face this season. The other three top offenses, Duke, Virginia, and Notre Dame, all found success against the Orange's defense, especially from beyond the three-point arc. Slow starts have been an issue for the Orange. In four of their last six games, the Cues has trailed by double digits in the first half. Even though they managed to mount comebacks against North Carolina State and Notre Dame, Georgia Tech is better than both of those opponents. They can't afford to do the same. According to Bart Torvik, Syracuse's defense ranks 163rd in efficiency in its last 10 games, despite ranking 102nd for the year. This demonstrates just how badly the Orange's defense has regressed in recent weeks, especially because of opponents' three-point shooting percentage. Now, on to the Yellow Jackets. Georgia Tech has improved from 64th in Ken Palm last season to 33rd this year because of returning production. They are the fourth most experienced team in the nation and ranked 10th in minutes continuity from last year. The Yellow Jackets only have seven players that average more than five minutes per game, so it's unlikely they'll look to go deep into the bench, even if a player picks up two fouls in the first half. They play guys when they have two fouls. Senior guard Jose Alvarado is a major reason that GT ranks number one defensively in turnover forced rate and steal rate in the ACC. Alvarado and 5'10 guard Baba Parham are an active backcourt who will apply ball pressure to turn over their opponents. Alvarado ranks 13th nationally in steal rate, and he and Michael Devo are capable shooters at the other end, too. Alvarado shoots 42.9% from three, and Devo shoots 40.4% from long range. GT's offense and defense are both trending up in recent games. They are inside the top 35 in efficiency at both ends of the floor in their last 10 games. GT and the Qs are both tied fourth nationally in steal rate defensively. Expect turnovers in this game via steals as Alvarado, Joe Girard, and Kadari Richmond all excel in steals per game. And we can't preview Georgia Tech without talking about big man Moses Wright. He might be as tall as Marek Dolezal, but he's got at least 30 to 40 pounds on Marek. Wright scored 17 and 33 points in the two meetings with the Orange last season. He ranks 33rd on Ken Palm's All-ACC team, and he's top 15 in the conference in block rate, steal rate, and offensive rebounding rate. The Yellow Jackets may not be a great rebounding team, but Moses Wright is excellent on the glass. Ken Palm gives Georgia Tech a 67% chance to win with a projected score of 76-71, while Bart Torvik gives the Yellow Jackets a 75% chance to win, significantly higher, by a projected score of 76-69. Another game is an underdog the Orange absolutely have to win, or it might become auto-bid or bust in Greensboro in two weeks. Our thanks, as always, to Anthony DeBundo. Check out his work at The Daily Orange and follow him on Twitter at Anthony DeBundo. One quick note I do want to bring up. He brought up a lot of good stuff there with Jose Alvarado and how he's one of the best steel-forcing guards. And I thought, I wonder how Alvarado fares against some of the bigger guard tandems in the ACC because Syracuse does have some pretty big guards that they can throw out there, whether it's Buddy... Um, when they Kadari, play the right guys, they do. Griffin, when they like, play Richmond. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can have a big guard line about there. And I looked at it, and, I mean, Alvarado, he may be six foot tall, but he's a feisty, feisty mf -er, man. He, he has three steals against Miami. They got a bunch of big guards. Six against Notre Dame. Six against Florida State. Two against Pitt. So, he doesn't care how big you are. He, he's got the heart in him. Yeah, two best stealing teams in the conference. I think DeBundo said that Georgia Tech is number one, Syracuse two, and two teams that take care of the basketball too. So it's going to be fascinating 
what wins out, right? Because it's two defenses that get a lot of turnovers going against two offenses that usually take care of it. Yep, no doubt. And it'll be interesting, too, pace-wise, because Georgia Tech, slow on both ends. Meanwhile, Syracuse, slow on defense, but they like to run it a little bit on offense. So we'll see how that all plays out. All right, coming up next, we will get to our picks for this game. It's the Prop Shop on the other side. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Time for our favorite part of the week. Oh, you know what it is. It's the Prop Shop here on the Locked on Syracuse podcast. All right. So, Tim, you continue to cruise along. You went 4-1 and one last week. How about that, huh? Pretty good four week for both one. of us, though. Yeah, I mean, I went 3-2, and two, which, I mean, for me, 3-2 and two feels like 4-1. and one. But the way that you're going, I mean, 4-1, and one, it feels like a status quo week for you. You're... You're 55 and 44 right now. My record almost the opposite at 43 and 55. Minus 980 on the year for me, plus 1730 overall. So even though, um, even though I, I think I edged you out in, in football season, but you, you've been yeah, you sharp did. as a tack here in, in basketball season. So credit where credit is due. All right. We started off with a Kadari Richmond prop. All right. How many minutes will he play in this game? Over, under 25 and a half is what we're going to set it at. I'll take the over, and it's the one that I want to root for. You know, sometimes you just want to bet on stuff that, <laughs> yes. that you root for. So Right. It's it's the classic over mentality. Right. You know, no doubt. I, I will take the over. He played 29 minutes against Duke. I think it was 25 the game before that against Notre Dame. He's been right around this mark, but I do think Jim is finally – I know he's stubborn, but I think he's starting to realize that – you got to start playing him earlier, and hopefully there's a quick leash on Gerard. Right. I mean, you look at his last five games, he's played at least 25 minutes in four of them. So I think the the corner has finally been turned. And, yeah, I'm going to go with you. I think this is going to be an over for Kadari Richmond, especially against some of those bigger guards, or rather uh, those feistier guards. Not bigger guards for Georgia Tech, but they definitely have a feisty group down in Atlanta. All right, next up, Georgia Tech, their three-point percentage, over or under 37.5? I'm going to take the over. I laid out the numbers before how good teams have exposed Cuse, those five games against top five teams, four of the five times they've been, the opponent has shot 39% or better from three, including Duke 45, Virginia 45. Five of the last seven games also for Cuse against any opponent in the ACC, they have given up 39% or better from three, five of the last seven. So that's scary. DeBundo talked about the numbers declining on D. Georgia Tech can shoot it. Georgia Tech's going to get looks, and I think it's going to be more of the same three-point shooting-wise. I'm with you. I mean, Georgia Tech as a team shoots 36%. They've got guards that can move the ball around. They've got the chemistry as well. They faced the 2-3 zone a number of times, too. And they don't shoot a ton of threes. They're kind of middle of the pack. But I, I just feel like whenever you play the zone, the quantity goes up and the quality of looks that teams have gotten against Syracuse this year also has elevated. So I'm with you. I'm going to go over 
that 37.5%. Who's going to lead the Orange in scoring this time out? Is it going to be Buddy, who has now elevated to the leader in the clubhouse in this little game that we play here at plus 200? Is it going to be Griffin, plus 210? Also, Gary at plus 210. JG3 at plus 330. Marek, plus 550. Or Kadari back on He's the back. board after giving us a little scare. <laughs> He's at plus 600. Yeah, I'm going to go Buddy. I, I elevated his odds. I think he was in the 220 range last week. Yep, 220 last week, and we should have taken him because he finished with a very quiet 21 points, but still did lead the team. I believe he's led the team now in maybe four of the last five or something like that. He's... Yeah, he's heating up. He's been shooting the ball It's those well. three-pointers. Yeah. The three-pointers have been falling. And we should note, Georgia Tech's three-point defense, not good. They are 308th in the yes, country. Correct. Now, Now, Dukes was also bad, and Buddy was the only guy that really took advantage of that. But Georgia Tech, two good things for Cuse, bad three-point D, and not great at getting offensive rebounds, despite having Moses Wright. They're about 290 in the country in offensive rebound rate. So anyway, I will take Buddy to score 20, 22 points, something like that, and lead the team. Yeah, he had the 26 against Georgia Tech last time at McCamish. And I feel like that's a gym that Syracuse does shoot well in, too. Definitely last year. It just has the the kind of feel to it. Yeah, so uh, Elijah Hughes, of course, had the big game last year. But Buddy also big. I might join you, actually, here. I'm going to take Buddy as well. Yeah, Uh, yeah, I mean, I I can't chase on you anymore. I'm just trying to pad my own stats. Not pad. I'm trying to repair my own stats Hmm. at this point. And if that comes by tailing you, I'll, I'll gladly take the... The crutch along the way. All right, last up, Ken Palm projecting this one as a 76-71 Georgia Tech win. Do you think it's going to be closer than that, or is it going to fall outside that number of five? I'm going to say that Syracuse loses this one by 10 to 15, unfortunately. I, I think Georgia Tech's very good. They're playing very good basketball right now. The way they played against Virginia Tech, I watched pretty much that entire game, and they've got a lot of pieces to throw at Syracuse. And the defense just hasn't been good. DeBundo laid out the numbers. It's concerning. They're going up against a good team here. When they've gone up against good teams on the road, they haven't performed this year. So I'm going to take Georgia Tech in a comfortable 10-point win, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, the last two wins for the Yellow Jackets have been blowouts. And I'm with you. I'm going to take Georgia Tech once again. I think they're going to – they can – I'm kind of in your neighborhood, 10 to 12 points – but again, wonky things have happened in this rivalry, so I wouldn't count out Syracuse, but the numbers and just what my eyes have shown me so far this season tell me that Georgia Tech will win this basketball game and, and could do so in convincing fashion. You know what I'm really worried about? I'm worried about Alan Griffin in this game. Maybe we should have talked about this a little earlier, but Alan Griffin, this feels like sort of a nightmare matchup for him because of the way he turns the ball over. I mean, yeah. You get any of these guards on Alan Griffin, and, and he'll cough the ball up five times. Yeah, it's weird that Syracuse's numbers are still pretty good turnover-wise because I feel like Gerard and there's just been a lot of carelessness sometimes when you watch that, that group of guards. But Griffin, he's got to bring it more. He's only had 16 points combined in his last two games, and he's been averaging 15 all season going into that point. So he's due yeah. for a good game, but I don't know. I'm concerned because – even like t- and listen, this could be a game if he if he doesn't put the ball on the ground, this game is tailor made for him because Georgia Tech is not good at rebounding the basketball. They're they're outside the top two forty in, in rebounding percentage, and they're also not a good three point defense. Yeah. So if Griffin plays this game without dribbling the basketball, like well, I'm trying to remember there there's one team. It might have been like the old school Spurs teams that they just never dribbled. They could like run run plays and sets without dribbling the basketball. 
And if that if Griffin can make that his game, he could take the the home the MVP honors of the game and really put together a, a nice game, kind of like what we saw Buddy and Elijah do in Atlanta last year. But if not, if he's putting the ball down, then that's when I'm going to get really worried. Yeah, we'll see if they go to that weird one three one zone that Passner's in. I don't think they did it last yeah. year against Cuse, and it doesn't seem like a great tactic against Cuse, but maybe they will throw it out there. Uh, and then the other thing on Griffin, it's just. Like, someone asked me the other day, how has Alan Griffin been this season? Has he delivered? And I didn't know what to say, because 10 days ago, I would have said an emphatic yes, probably. But after the last two games, it's kind of hard to even get remotely close to yes, the way he's played. So he's just been so up and down. You know what's funny is I work with a bunch of Illinois fans, and they I, I, I asked them, like, how are you going to find your third option if you're Illinois this year? Because that, that third option for them has kind of been the big inconsistency with a very good Illinois team, obviously, but they, they've never found and solidified who that third option is. And I said like, Oh, who, who would you say is the third option? He's like, he plays for Syracuse. <laughs> and I was like, damn, can you imagine if that team had Allen? Yeah. Like that would be something. So, all right. Um, la- lastly, real quick here. So 147 is the projected total coming from Ken Palm. What do you like, over or under that number? I'll take the under. I think Georgia Tech wins Damn it. pretty easily. We're, we're literally going to agree across the board. Wow, okay. So I, I like the under, too. I, I just think that Georgia Tech, they're good on offense, but it, it's good in the same way that we kind of saw those Virginia teams be good on offense. They're not going to pour it in on you, necessarily. Like, they'll win games in the low 70s. Even I mean, they blew out Virginia Tech the other day, and they didn't even crack 70s, so... They, they can do that to you. So, and the pace thing kind of worries me in terms of a, an over in this game. So I'm with you. I'm going to roll with the under as well. We're going to do another Sunday recap for you guys on this one because UNC, quick turnaround for you on Monday. So we will have the recap of Georgia Tech for you on Sunday, and then we will have a preview for you of UNC coming up on Monday. It's the chase to March now. We are right around the corner And hopefully Syracuse can keep this season's pulse still beating when we talk with you next time on Sunday. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.